Um, I think there's a lot of men who are successful and confident and strong, but when you like strip all of that out, um, you find guys who are just longing to know that they're enough and that they have what it takes and that they're loved based on who they are and not what they do or what they can accomplish. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Let me tell you about one of my favorite ultimate dad tired hacks. It's hard to find the time to sit down, to read, and to learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. But there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down to just 15 minutes so that you can read or listen to them. I personally like to listen as I'm on long commutes or flying from one place to another two of my favorite books right now are the seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey or emotional intelligence by daniel goleman both great books with blinkist you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books all the books you want and all for one low price right now for a limited time blinkist has special offer just for you the dead tired audience go to blinkist.com forward slash tired to start your free seven-day trial. That's seven days of unlimited free access to read or listen to Blinkist's massive library of books. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com forward slash tired to start your seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com forward slash tired. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, super glad that you guys are hanging out today. I have Layla, my bride. Welcome back, babe. Glad Thank to have you. you. Hi. Layla is a fan favorite. Um, every time she comes on in the show, people always send me messages and say, uh, Jared, you should quit and Layla, you should take over because they don't really <laughs> say that, but uh, they like when you're on, babe. So welcome That's back. nice. Thank you. Yeah. We're hoping to have Layla on about once a month to talk about different things. Today, we're talking about identity specifically. Um, how dads help shape the identity of their children. And um, we'll hear that from my perspective, but also from Layla's perspective as a woman and uh, a daughter. Um, So that's what we're going to dive into today. I want to give you guys a couple updates on a few things before we dive into that in just a second here. The first one is um, I just got back from an eight-day trip, um, which was, I'm sure that might come up in the discussion. It was a heavy week. I was gone. All of the kids were sick. Layla was sick. Everyone was throwing up. The whole week. It was a horrible week. It was, yeah. It was bad. Um, and I was in, well, I'm not going to tell you everything I was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Layla was here just holding down the fort and barely, barely, barely hanging on. <laughs> um, but one of the, one of the reasons I was gone, I was gone for a lot of different things, but one of the reasons I was gone is because we did a conference in Austin, man, every single time we do these conferences, I, I call Layla, I text her during the day throughout the conference and also afterwards. And I'm just like, this is in my opinion, out of all the things we're doing, podcasts, books, everything, this is probably the most life-giving thing for me mm-hmm. are these conferences to to spend a whole day with guys and to see how the gospel is like looking them in the eye and seeing how the gospel is changing their perspective and their hearts in real time is like, 
it's a game changer. And just get to getting to meet you guys out there, real podcast listeners and hearing stories of how God is working in you over the last few years. Have you listened? It's just really, really cool. So we always want to do more of these, um, but it's expensive. It's expensive to fly people out to go there, me and uh, some team members to put these things on. It's expensive to get food and breakfast and lunch. Uh, it just costs money. Sometimes we bring in worship leaders to help out. There's just there's hard costs, as you can imagine, to putting on any event. And so what we want to do is lower the burden for a church, especially in smaller towns where we would like to host these conferences in smaller areas and they just don't have budgets for these kinds of things. Um, and then we also want to be able to lower the cost of the tickets so more guys can come um, to that. So our goal in the next six weeks is to raise $15,000 and that will really help us in all of 2020 to do more and more of these conferences. And really I'd like to have one of these conferences in a city that is at least within a two to three hour drive for any guy in the country that he can go to. P.S. Babe, I think I told you this, but I posted a picture in the, the Facebook group. Um, a guy drove nine and a half hours. Yeah, that's amazing. And slept in his car. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. They probably have to choose between buying the ticket and getting a hotel room or paying for their gas or buying the food. <laughs> insane. That's crazy. Insane. I know. He's a foster dad. He's got four kids. Absolutely insane. It's really um, humbling. Nine and a half hours he drove to come wow. to this conference. And when I asked him why, I was like, bro, like what? <laughs> like you drove yeah. nine and a half hours. I said, why? Why did you do that? And he said, man, I just really need the gospel. That's cool. I was like, how cool is that? Just amazing. And he, we, we got to chat afterwards and um, I, I posted a picture of him in the Dad Tired Facebook group. You can go check that out. But such a cool, that was really, really amazing. But we want to do more of these. We want to host more of these. So if you or your business, if you're a business owner, or maybe you can talk to your boss, if you're a small business, or maybe you have a good relationship with your boss, or maybe just you as a family says, I want to contribute to this so more guys can come to these and hopefully not have to drive nine and a half hours to come. Uh, we would love for you to contribute. Uh, as always, all of these donations are tax deductible. Here's a thing to like, we're going to sweeten the deal. Every single person that makes a donation of $20 or more, I'm going to sign a book and send you my brand new book for you just as a thank you and say, thank you for supporting the ministry. So we will send a book out to you. Um, be patient with us because we're going to have to send a lot of books and I'm literally going to have to be sitting in my living room shipping them out. So be patient, <laughs> but I will get them to you as quickly as I can. But we will send each of you a hard copy book of the new Dad Tired book um, signed if you make a donation of $20 or more. And then when you make that donation of $20 or more, you're automatically entered in and we're going to pick one person, uh, one donor to receive $250 Amazon gift card to help pay for Christmas gifts, which is nuts. So if you could use a little bit of help and you also want to contribute to just the gospel and the kingdom work and you believe in Dad Tired, please help us raise this goal of $15,000 in the next six weeks. That's the plan. How do they donate? Where do they go? How do they do it? And is tax deductible? It's tax deductible. Get those taxes lowered. Pay less to Uncle Sam uh, come tax season. Uh, they go to dadtired.com forward slash Christmas. Dadtired.com dot com forward slash Christmas. That's where you can donate. Get a free copy of the book signed, sent out to you. Also be entered in to win that $250 Amazon gift card. The last thing I'll just say, and then we're going to dive in here to the discussion is uh, I just recorded the audiobook um, for that dad tired book, which is going to be really fun. I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for that. So I just recorded it, got home. Um, I'll do a little bit more touch-ups because I'm sure I messed up and slurred some words and mumbled. But once that's done, it should be within the next couple months. That'll be it. All right, babe. 
diving into identity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, we, Layla and I try not to talk about what we're going to talk about too much before, yeah. before we Let's hit record. Just get to it. Yeah. Um, I would love to know from your perspective, when you think through like your dad and how he shaped your identity based on what he said, things that he said to you, or maybe things he didn't say to you, any actions he might've done or, or lack of actions. Like what are some things you remember about your childhood that you feel like have shaped your identity? I'm going to give you 20 more seconds to think about that question as I tell you that on Instagram this week while I was traveling, I posted a question. I also did this in the Dad Tired Facebook community. I posted a um, question where I said, finish this sentence, complete this sentence with the first thing that comes to mind regarding your dad. And all I said was, my dad, and then it was blank. I left a blank. So I asked people, just finish that sentence. When you think about your dad, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Holy cow. It was insane. Um, Hundreds and hundreds of people responded to this um, on Instagram and in the Facebook group. And it was just like, I would say probably 25% of them were positive. 75% of them were like, rip your heart out. Wow. Heartbreaking when people think about their dad. Um, so I might talk about that and some of those answers a little bit more. But what do you think when you think about your dad? and the way that he's helped shape your identity one way or another. What do you think? That's, uh, well, I'll start by saying uh, my dad is a sensitive subject for me, so if I cry, I'm going to cry. So there. And I'm not sorry, but there. <laughs> um, that's, uh, what, are you going to well, say something? Uh, you, I mean, Layla was literally crying about her dad probably eight minutes before <laughs> I hit record. <laughs> It's not uncommon. I cry about my dad a lot. Uh, I love my dad. He's still in my life. But um, it's interesting when I think about how he shaped my identity, The who I am today and how I identify myself is nothing at all how I would have identified myself growing up. So I'm trying to think how I would have said I identify myself as I was growing up. And I think part of my, um, my dad was very, very, a man of very few words. So I didn't get a lot of, um, words from him. So I think I had to take what I could get. And a lot of it was, um, we connected a lot on more of a intellectual basis. It wasn't emotional or anything. And so I think I, I tried to, um, maybe impress him by like, knowing things or at least not saying dumb things because I didn't want him to think I was dumb. So that was a big thing for me is uh, not looking dumb in front of my dad or trying to keep up, I guess, with him and my brother because they're both very, very intelligent men. And um, so that's one, I guess, that I can think of. Well, what's crazy is how much that is shaped who you are for both good and bad today. Like your... Um, we've talked about Enneagram before, but some of the language that that uses for personality is like your greatest fear mm-hmm. is really looking dumb. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram type five. And uh, and it is interesting because that I, I like I imagine I would st- still be an Enneagram five, even if my dad weren't who he was. But the fact that he was who he I mean, who he is 
and uh, I turned out the way that I am. Just that there's such a high emphasis on um, intelligence and not looking stupid and the worry that you don't know enough. Like I, that's real for me, for sure, being a type five. And I, I guess I, even growing up before I had any idea what the Enneagram was, I, I, I lived that. I lived the Enneagram yeah. type five life. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to recognize for all of us that um, your dad shaped your identity like re- more than you probably think he did. And regardless if you think he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he most definitely, I mean this for everyone listening, mm-hmm. like every, if you are listening to these words, your dad shaped your identity. And for some of that, that like you said, it was his lack of words, which is crazy because some some dads are like abu- uh, verbally abusive mm-hmm. um, and, and there's a whole s- kind of sliding scale on that. They can be outright say very mean things. Yeah. And they can, you can be torn down by words, but you can also be torn down by silence. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's a huge thing to recognize. So, uh, and then even just absence, like my dad was gone. Mm-hmm. So my dad, I, I've heard probably very few words you know probably less than one percent of the words uh that i heard growing up from my parents were from my dad you know mm-hmm. and so and yet he still deeply shaped my identity yeah and who i am and that's really what i saw in those answers is like holy cow what i p- kept picturing i said this on instagram what i kept picturing is um we're all walking around with like adult costumes on Um, but what that revealed to me, all those people who answered, it really felt like they just took that mask off or that costume off. And I got a glimpse of them as a child. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, you are a a, a little boy or a little girl who's just like still carrying the wounds Mm -hmm. of your dad. Mm -hmm. And, uh, not in a condescending way, but like it's still in there. That's all of us Mm -hmm. in some shape or form. I mean, again, there was a lot of, there was probably 25% of the people who had just amazing, Amazing dads. Um, I think one thing that's interesting too is, uh, like you said, in my, I'm, a, I'm a five, and how much of that was like shaped by my dad and, and how much of that would have happened normally. Mm-hmm. I, the, it's really interesting, the identity, when you talk about the role of a dad giving identity to the children, how much of that is nurture mm-hmm. and how much of that is nature. Mm-hmm. And... Um, do you have any initial thoughts on that? No, I I always think that's really it is interesting. I cause I, I guess I don't know enough about the Enneagram. Maybe they do say like this is just you no matter what, or maybe it is there's some like genetic component. I don't know, or maybe it's just a little of both. But um, I wonder what it would have been like if I were this type five in a home raised by like a three and a two or something. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry if you guys don't know much about the Enneagram. And if you don't, you should, because it's super helpful. But um, yeah, as a type five being raised by, I would guess my dad's a type five. I'll, I don't know. I, I'll never know, but I would suspect he is because we're, I think, pretty similar. Um, but I, I just, I do remember feeling like I have to not look stupid in front of him. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I did. My dad wasn't around a lot to influence my who I am, and yet I still think that there's so much of who my dad is that is in me. Yeah. Um. So I like I, you're a lot like your dad, even though he wasn't around to shape you into yeah, him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think some of the um, 
the the worst parts the yeah. uh, the worst parts of who I am mm-hmm. uh, I think like just genetically or if you want to make it like spiritual you know kind of like the the sins of the father passed mm-hmm. down eat what's crazy is he wasn't even around and really the point like the reason we're even talking about this is because of the weight that a father carries that he passes on to his children mm-hmm. and in shaping their identity is so big one of my best friends i was on the phone with him recently and he asked me this question that nobody's ever asked me before and it really made me think um in a perspective i hadn't thought of before but he said he knows my my background and my childhood and all that stuff. And he said, Jared, if you had a conversation with your dad or multiple conversations or you got to the point where you felt like he said all the things that you didn't hear as a child, hmm. would you be healed of some of the things that you feel like you still carry around and you struggle with today? And that was like a, hmm. that was a really deep question. I've never, right. I've never. Like would it fix what Exactly. Can't, does he have the power to fix? Yeah. Um, what he did wrong mm-hmm. um, as a child, and that's a really like I get. I would pose that same question to any of the listeners before I even give you my answer. Yeah. What I told him, but I would I would give the same question to you. Like, what are your thoughts? If your dad was able to like say whether that's a one time conversation or multiple time com- multiple conversations, and he was able to like say what you never heard mm-hmm. and get to the point where he 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 could start to heal that. Do you feel like you'd be healed as a man? Here's what I told him, um, and some of you guys know this story because you've been listening to the podcast a long time ago, several years ago, I told you guys about a conversation I had with my dad um, where I had asked him, this was probably, what, three years ago? Yeah, um, I had asked my dad, We were at, he came up to Portland to visit, um, and he, you know, just kind of a normal visit time, it wasn't nothing deep. And I just was going through my own stuff. We were pretty recently out of a really crappy time mm-hmm. in our marriage. Yeah. So I was like dealing with a lot of personal stuff. I was in the middle of counseling. We're like, we're going to heal everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just in like, let's, I'm getting after everything here. So I just got in the, this, I was just like, I'm going to be ballsy and ask my dad why he left. And so we were at dinner, literally at this like nice restaurant in Portland and my heart's racing and I remember just like, this is it. Like, I'm just going to go for it. And so I just asked, I'm like, dad, I love you. I don't think I said that. I think I said like, dad, I'm not mad at you yeah. and I've forgiven you, but I just need to know from you, from your perspective, from your mouth, I need to know why you left mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um, Cause I just, I have a kid, I have kids now and I can't imagine leaving them. So I right. just need to know why you did. And I think I totally caught him off guard. Yeah. Um, but he owned up to it. Like, yeah. man, he just embraced it. And he was just like, well, you could tell he had, it's not something that he had forgotten about or pretended didn't happen. Or right. like that wasn't his perspective. He was like, he knows he, he left and that's a big deal. Yeah. You could immediately sense the weight on in mm-hmm. him when I had asked that. And I just really believe God's sovereignty. Like out of all the times and years I could have asked him, that was the time to do it. Like, yeah. and what, what was happening in his own life and heart was that was, it was ripe for that time. So he just, he was humble. He embraced it. He said it was the biggest regret of his life. And then I spent how I, I feel like I'm getting emotional. I just bring it up. <laughs> I haven't thought about it in a while, but, um, you know, I spent a bunch of time crying in the restaurants, like yeah. really trying to hold it together at this restaurant. But since then, um, our relationship has totally changed. Yeah. Um, even while I was on this eight day trip, I talked to him. My dad calls me often now. I feel yeah. like we moved 
you know, 25 years ahead Mm -hmm. in healing um, in the last three years because of that conversation. Um, But the reason I'm bringing that up is because when my, my friend asked me, if he said everything, would it heal you? And I really feel like, well, we had that conversation. And now my dad is telling me all the time, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're such a great man. Everything Mm -hmm. you do, like all the, he's, I'm hearing all the things I never heard as a child. And yet I don't feel healed. Mm. Um, I feel like that relationship's healed in many ways, but I, but I personally don't feel healed. And what I told my buddy was, I think that, the the ruts that I was digging or that was caused as a result of my dad's absence were so deep um, at such a formative time in my life. Mm-hmm. As a child, as my brain is forming, as my emotions are forming, as my uh, personality is forming, ruts are being dug. There's holes, there's gaps mm-hmm. because of his lack of um, involvement. And as a result, those are so deep yeah. that his words now can't fill all those. No, I'm sure there really actually are like biological and physiological implications that can't you can't go back and like make those connections. Yeah. Like actual right. neurological, biological connections anymore. Yep. Yeah. That would be interesting to like mm-hmm. study that. Well, there are studies in um sorry, sidetrack, but in children who have been abused um, or in like a unstable uh, grow, you know, growing up, if you MRI a brain of a child who is in kind of a chaotic childhood versus a, and not necessarily like physical changes to their brain, but like, you know, they just grew up in a, in chaos versus a child who maybe had a more stable upbringing Their their brains actually look different. That's insane. Yeah. And it's, uh, you can't go back and and undo that. But there's a lot, you can go to counseling and there are tools to, to handle it. But it's like that you can move, what is it? You can move on, you can move forward, but you don't move on. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like you and your dad have moved forward, but you can't like, yeah, that still happened. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get over it. You don't get past it, but you do move forward. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick minute and recommend a Bible for you to add to your book collection. If you haven't already checked out the Every Man's Bible by Tyndale Publishers, you definitely need to. The Every Man's Bible was written specifically for men in mind and has thousands of notes on topics from work, sex, competition, integrity, so much more. If you want to commit to studying God's word more regularly uh, and you want a Bible that is going to help address things that us men go through, you're definitely going to want to pick up the Every Man's Bible. The Bible is New Living Translation, it features book introductions, it has 44 charts, study notes, and sections that deal with the most important relationships in all of our lives, which is a relationship with God and our relationship with women. I've put a link in the show notes where you can click and directly purchase the Bible, but you can also find it anywhere where books are sold, including Tyndale.com, that's T-Y-N-D-A-L-E.com. This is such a great Bible and definitely one that you're going to want to have on your bookshelf. Let's dive back into today's discussion. Um, I gave this message one time um, where I talked about how God has a reputation all throughout the scriptures where he is telling us who we are. And uh, I just want to read a couple of these passages because I think they're so powerful. And really, like, my dad doesn't have the power. 
He doesn't possess the power to really shape and to heal who I am. But I do believe that like by the grace of God and, and the Holy Spirit, that he can start to speak into all of us these gaps that our dads left and to say like, no, this is who you are. Um, and that that would actually bring healing. Cause there's only at the end of the day, like dads matter um, significantly. Moms matter significantly. Adults speaking into children matter significantly, but there's one voice who really matters mm-hmm. and that's our creator. And so I just want to read these uh, a couple quick verses here. One of them says this, it's um, Deuteronomy seven verse six. And it says this, for you are a people holy to the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God has chosen you to be the people, uh, to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you for you were the fewest of all the peoples, but it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out of out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Um, what I love about that, well, actually, let me read one more verse. Um, and, and, and you just move on a couple chapters to Deuteronomy 14, verse two. It says this, um, for you, it's repeating really the same thing. For you are a people holy to the Lord, your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be the people, to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And then I'm going to just read one more here. And this is later, much later in the scriptures. This is from Peter, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, and it says this. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Same language, but now he's talking to totally different followers of God. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And he goes on to talk about like, Here's who God says you are. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, here's what you should do. Actually, all of those passages end in the call to action. Mm-hmm. But the call to action always comes after here's who you are. Mm-hmm. And what we typically do is flip it. What we do is we chase identity and we chase identity by doing things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a bunch of stuff so that God will like me, mm-hmm. people will like me, my coworkers will like me, my wife and kids will like me, whatever, friends will like me. But God says, before you go do anything, just know here's who you are. Yeah. You are a chosen people. Mm-hmm. Like before the foundations of the world, God chose you. I love that he said, not because you were the, the most. Right. You had no special thing. He, mm-hmm. just, he chose you because of his great love. And that's like the, that's the identity that I hope all of us men, before we even talk about what it looks like for us is to give that to our children, here's what God says you are. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He delights in you. You, He is pleased in you, not because of anything you've done, but because of the righteousness that he put on you through Jesus Christ. And He, this is you are a holy people. Yeah. You are chosen. You are set aside. And so, based on that identity, here's how you can live out in righteousness and obedience. I like in Peter, you said that he said um, he called you out of the darkness not that you like worked your way out of it and became into the light like yeah. he called you out of the darkness yeah i think that the the really kind of how i would want to end this thought is um i think that there are a lot of men and this is really the point of everything i wanted to say today uh based on that instagram post and what we post on facebook 
Um, I think there's a lot of men who are successful and confident and strong, but when you like strip all of that out, um, you find guys who are just longing to know that they're enough and that they have what it takes and that they're loved based on who they are and not what they do or what they can accomplish. Um, cause here's what happens for, for us as dads with our kids. When our kids don't hear who they are and they're not reminded of what we just said uh, that we heard in Deuteronomy and in first Peter, when they don't hear that often from their dad and from their mom, but especially from dad, here's who you are. You are a child of God. You are loved by the God of the universe, not based on anything you look like or can accomplish in school or sports or music or whatever. Like this is just who God says you are. And for the kids that struggle with shame, it cannot be taken away from you. That's right. Yeah. Because some kids feel like, but I've already done wrong. Our son Mm -hmm. seems to struggle with that. He's convincing himself sometimes that he's can't. He's not, not worthy. Yeah, he's not worthy. But I sin all the time. I can't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So, but it cannot be taken away. Right. And then so for us as dads to really hold up that mirror for them and to say, here's who you are. You are loved by God and that cannot be taken away. He delights in you, not based on anything you do, but who he says you are. Um, if they don't get that from you, like dad listening to this right now, if they don't get that, what it turns into is men who later in life uh, are constantly confused and searching for that elsewhere. And that I just think we have a world full of that. Mm-hmm. Like men who are just desperately trying to figure out, am I enough? Do I have what it takes? Am I capable? And we're all kind of sizing each other up. We're all trying to accomplish things. We're all trying to be the guy, whether it's the guy at work, the funny guy, that I'm into this guy, that I have an opinion about this guy, whatever the guy is, at the root of all of it is like, am I enough? Can Do I have what it takes to do this? And we just scramble and we're confused and we just are on this like constant hamster wheel chasing after something that will validate us as men because we're just desperately longing for somebody to tell us you're worthy based on who God says you are not what you can accomplish. Uh, and I'll be the first dude to like raise my hand and say, that's me. Um, I, I, in many ways, I feel like I, that's my greatest crux. Is that the right word? Crux? Um, my greatest thorn in my side. Church word. <laughs> <laughs> it's my greatest weakness. I mm-hmm. feel like my whole life. Um, Am I, Layla, would you say you, I've, you've married like 15 different guys? Oh my gosh, at least. Okay, yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, and not literally, of course, but yeah, over the course of our marriage, I would say you've been um, a lot of different things and a lot of different shades Give of Jared. Give me a couple examples, because people are going to only know Jared as dad tired podcaster, author guy. So what, do you, what have you known Jared as? So on the surface, what it looks like if you like if you were Jared's neighbor, like what you would know of Jared is like Jared in ministry, um, like on staff at a church and Jared that, you know, maybe led worship and Jared that coaches and um, he's like 
super good coach, soccer coach, and um, Jared that quits his job um, randomly with no plan B and then decides to like start things and then quit them and start them again and then quit it and start a new thing. Like, you know, whether it's, I mean, this is getting real personal, a lot of things, (laughs) but it is on, on, I think, you know, if you kind of peel a couple of layers back, it's like what brings, um, you know, how do I, and this isn't always a negative thing, but it certainly can be. And it, and for all the Enneagram type threes, but you know, what gives me, um, the biggest accolades and how do people view me? Um, you know, maybe Jared would feel like, is this the thing that gets people to, you know, pat me on the back? And is this the thing? Did I make someone proud when I did this? Did I make someone proud when I did this? And just kind of maybe always searching for the thing that makes someone proud. Um, or like, we just had a conversation recently about, you know, being provider and that identity is like the provider and the pressure to feel, um, as a man, a lot of times feeling that you're supposed to be the provider for your family and I'm, I'm feeling like I've let you down or you've let me down um, in that regard. So um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting because I I'm just I'm constantly adapting to just look for is this where I find my place? Yeah. To like figure out oh that I'm good at this. So maybe this is what who I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. and this is what I'm supposed to do. Which is um, when it's fleeting, and when you search for that in the world and in, and in your accomplishments, um, it's it's sinking sand, as Jesus would say. That foundation is real weak. And what's evidence, like what proves out to me, and I'm, again, as I'm talking about me, I hope that you're seeing yourself in this. Like all, I know there are a lot of dudes that struggle with this and trying to find their identity, like who am I and am I enough? Um, what happens, and the way it proves out for me is I'll do something like dad tired or write a book and people will say, this is great. You're doing a good job. God's using you. And I can really start to feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where God is using me. This is where I uh, find my identity. But then I read a review as Mm -hmm. I'm in a hotel room this week and mm-hmm. homie says, you're the Joel Osteen of podcasts, yeah. which I'm going to put you on blast, bro. <laughs> you put me on blast <laughs> on iTunes. But he says, you know, you're the Joel Osteen. Of, this guy's the Joel Osteen of podcast. All he wants is money, which is hilarious because I've never collected a paycheck from Dad Tired. Wow. Not to get offended. Lord have mercy <laughs> if you could see. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. So his thing was that I, I'm only out for money, which is. Wait, I didn't know that part. Yeah. What in the heaven's name? He was really mad uh, about the ads that I had on the show. And he said, I'm, uh, my intention oh, is that, that I'm trying okay, to just, okay. I'm all about money. Okay. Uh, well, so for anyone that may be. I'm tired and I get grumpy when I'm tired. I'll yeah. zip it. So anyone that thinks that that would be, I, I've literally never collected a paycheck for debt from that type for years. I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, so I, anyway, but that stung deeply and it was, it wasn't just because I haven't collected a paycheck and I'm not, if anyone saw us in our house right now and like saw my life, I'm clearly not out chasing dollars <laughs> for this, uh, trying to get rich off this thing. Um, so that was, but that, I mean, that wasn't the reason. The reason was because I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. And, and then same with the, like a book review, somebody will leave like a, a three out of five stars and I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to hang up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, this is, I'm not good at this. 
had I had a dad to as a kid being like, who cares? Like, yeah. who cares if you get somebody gives you a three out of five stars or say you're the Joel Osteen of podcast? Who cares? Because here's who God says you are. Mm-hmm. That stuff would probably roll off my back a lot easier. Yeah. And again, it's not like macho confidence. It's not this fake. We just want to be tough dudes who don't mm-hmm. care what people say. It's we want to be grounded in our identity in Christ. That's what we want for our kids. I'm not just trying to teach my son and my my daughters that you just need to be tough and you know sticks and stones can break your bones, but words don't hurt. Words hurt for sure. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is give them a deeper foundation, a more solid foundation, which is who cares what people say, not because you're tough, but because look what God says about mm-hmm. you. This is your identity. You are holy. You are chosen. You are delighted in because he loved you, not because of anything you can accomplish. And then when they get out into the real world and think people say hard things, you can just be like, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe my book was three out of five stars or maybe my <laughs> podcast does kind of suck. I don't, whatever, but this is what God thinks of me and it's not going to rattle me to my core. I'm not going to be depressed for the next 10 days or mm-hmm. be chasing 50 different jobs and careers because I'm looking for my identity because this is who I know I am. So anyway, I'm, go ahead, babe. Sorry, I'm rambling a bunch. No, it's okay. I was just, I was thinking like we were talking about how when, um, like a child is raised in such a way that their identity is shaped by their father for good or bad. Um, like what do you do then when you find yourself a 30 year old dad yourself and you are just kind of just confused about your identity and, um, you don't always feel like you, you are who yeah. God's called you to be. You do feel like that kind of that child. When you think of your dad, you just, I don't know, maybe your heart starts pounding and you're angry or you you feel sad or like all those. It's so interesting how, you know, I'm I'm 35 now and I'm like, I can think about my dad and just start weeping, yeah. you know, and uh, like, what do we, how do we, how do we move forward or how do we like find our identity now? I think not that I, this isn't a, an, the answer like to just solve that, but I th- here for somebody that's still struggling with it, here's what I'm telling myself. Uh, one thing is just knowing that the motivation behind majority of what I do is chasing identity because of the lack of presence that my dad had. That alone is helpful just to mm-hmm. like be able to put words and tie connections there. Start so, identifying yeah. some of your behaviors as like, why am I, yeah. what's my real motivation here? Oh, it's cause I'm just trying to figure out it. Am I worth something? So that's helpful by itself. The other thing is my heart longs for the day as we talk about in Revelation, where there will be no more tears and no more pain, and no more sickness like this. These are all sickness, pain, hurting. And Jesus will one day make that all new. I think we get glimpses of heaven here on earth. Praise God. The kingdom of heaven is invading earth at this very moment. And so there are moments of healing for me, like where I will sit and be like, man, this I don't have to chase that because this is what God has done and this is who he says I am. But I will always care. There will be holes or ruts that I will die with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in that time, my heart longs for Jesus to make all things right again one day. I can't wait and for, for that. spouses, I think it's important to just, like, I don't know if you still call it like gospel each other, but like when you start, like for me, for example, not having heard a lot of words from my dad, I always was wondering like, does he love me? 
you know, he never, ever, ever said, I love you. Like, I don't, I can't, I try and remember, and I don't know if I fabricate a memory or two here and there, but I don't remember hearing it. And certainly, um, I'm quite positive. I've never heard him say, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, sometimes you can project those things onto God as your father. And, um, and, and sometimes I do wonder, like, am I, am I making God proud? I don't even know if that's like a right question, but like wondering, would God say he's proud of me? Like, you know, this is Layla with whom I'm well pleased. Like, doubtful I'll ever hear those words you know and like um, just having somebody to kind of remind you like what is actually true about God and like what are some things that are maybe just hurts from your own childhood or just you're just projecting like who your earthly father was and you're projecting that onto your heavenly father and kind of teasing those apart and um, yeah I also wanted to say as we're talking to the wives um that I said this on a podcast I was a guest on this week, but for the wives listening, I just want you to know that you're more than like probably your, your husband's friends, more than his bosses, more than really maybe anyone else, you carry such power in the things that you say to your husband. And your husband um, most likely is walking around with a lot of those holes or ruts in his life because he didn't have a dad say everything, regardless of how awesome his dad is, he's got dad wounds somewhere. He's somewhere on the scale. And the things that you say to your husband uh, carry deep, deep weight. And there's many men who just need to hear from maybe their wives that, babe, like if for a wife to say, babe, I'm proud of you. You have what it takes. And even if you don't accomplish anything, you're loved. Like Layla was just saying, to gospel each other, to say like, this is who God says you are and you don't need to chase after things. Like you don't have to prove yourself in this family. You don't have to prove yourself in this marriage or to our kids. You're just deeply loved by God and we love you. And most importantly, like God loves you based on who you are, not anything you can accomplish. Those words, wives, like will carry deep, deep weight for your husband's And again, I think there are a lot of husbands who are kind of walking around. They're the problem solvers in the family. They're tough. They're strong. They're whatever. But man, there's a boy under there who's wounded and they may just need to hear from you, wife, to say like, to to tell them the words, the truth of the scriptures, the truth of the gospel that they never heard from a dad. So that's my encouragement to the wives. I'll just end here by saying this again, like, Dad, you're going to be messed up. Your kids are going to have wounds. All of our kids are going to have wounds one way or another, regardless of uh, how well we do at this, because we're human and we're sinful and we're broken and we're going to hurt them in some way. Um, And they're going to carry that for their whole life. But would we be parents who hold up a mirror to our kids and as they look in it, we just point and say, this is who God has made you to be. So that as they go out into the world, again, we're not just creating like tough kids. We're creating kids who really, we're not creating kids. We're encouraging kids who really can go back to the truths of the gospel, that they are loved, not because you have the biggest number, as God said, or you're anything special on earth, but you are loved because God loved you. That's it. God loves you and you're loved and delighted in by the God of the universe. And, uh, 
I think when we do that, we help set our kids up for success so they don't, they don't turn into confused adults who, like many of us, run around the whole, their whole lives searching for identity and searching to find worth. I hope that's helpful. Layla, thank you for hanging out. I know you're exhausted. Thank you. It's been a crazy week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, we're so grateful that you guys listen. Again, if you give to the Dad Tired Ministry, that's going to go to these conferences and to our ministry for next year. Help us lower the cost. You get a free signed book out of it. We'll send that to you. And you'll also be entered in to win a $250 Amazon gift card to pay for Christmas gifts for Christmas this year. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you later.